Welcome to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Our hope is to help and inspire you to parent beyond your capacity. Each week, join us at the table for conversations with special guests, where we'll seek to encourage you to bring your best to parenting, challenge you, and hopefully give you a few insights along the way. Well, welcome back to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Our hope each week is to help and inspire you as parents, and we know each one of us has what it takes to parent beyond our capacity. In a recent article from Fuller Youth Institute, they reference a comprehensive study of relational dynamics in more than 300 families spanning across 35 years, and here's what this massive research study found, that family warmth has more correlation with faith transmission than any other relational factor. So more than anything else we can do as parents to pass on faith to our kids, the warmth or the love in our home is paramount to the transition of faith to the next generation. So literally, warm is the new cool. But here's the truth, though, as parents. We aren't the best judge of our family's warmth. As is true with so many aspects of family life, this study found that it's our children's perception of closeness that matters more than our own perception. And in other words, how our kids feel about our relationship is more important than how we feel about our relationship. So more than any other parenting tip or trick you can use, one of the most helpful things you can do is to focus on your family's warmth. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the warmth in our home, doing whatever it takes to fight for the heart of our kids and creating a culture of unconditional love in our home that will fuel the emotional and moral health of our children. Jane and I are joined at the table with Andrew and Genevieve Epp. We're so glad that uh, they are with us today. Yeah, Andrew and Jen have been at Bethany for just over a year. Uh, Andrew is on staff here as the executive pastor. I had to look that up this morning for Mm -hmm. the exact title. Mm -hmm. And here's a good note or a fun fact. Andrew is technically my boss. And so I'm going to be on my best behavior today. But uh, welcome, Andrew and Jen. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? I know you guys are parents as well, so feel free to share a little bit about uh, your kids as well. Um, how many you have, what phase they're in? Yeah, so we are Andrew and Genevieve, and uh, we just recently moved down to Niagara uh, in July and uh, have loved the warm winters that are here <laughs> compared to Kitchener area. A little less snow, only shoveled the uh, driveway three times this year. So, yeah, we've got three kids uh, Olivia, who is 13, Alexander, who is 11, and Hudson, who is eight. Um, been married for 15 years. Had to just look at Jen in the eye there for a second. <laughs> just to confirm. Just yeah, to confirm yeah. it was the right number. <laughs> 16 in June. 16 in June. So, we're wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, that's awesome. Well, welcome. Today, so I cited this research study off the top mm-hmm. um, that stated family warmth has more direct correlation to faith transmission than any other relational factor. Um, does that surprise you guys? No, because it just it makes sense because you when you're with your kids, they they want to know that they're loved. You, you as a parent want to feel loved by your kids. You, you relish the moments when they spontaneously hug you, kiss you, um, tell you that you're the greatest, you know, when they bring home the craft that they made at school, then they really thought long and hard about you 
making the craft, it can sometimes, sometimes it can make you feel pretty great. (laughs) Um, And so I think it makes sense that if the relationship is the primary building block that you are creating as parents and kids, then the experience of that relationship as being warm, you know, makes sense that, that this is where a lot of the important things are happening. So, mm -hmm. so thinking of that, what are some things that can kill the warmth in your home? Well, you want to get real? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get real. How about about 30 minutes ago? (laughs) When, uh, you know, we're getting kids ready for the bus and uh, we decide to have an argument over, uh, should a kid take vitamins or not before they go on the bus? And uh, yeah, we got our, our youngest child likes to challenge um, us and me as a challenger as well. Um, you know, we're both trying to win that conversation. Yeah. He's going to have his vitamins, and then he's he's not, and he thinks he's not going to have his vitamins before he goes on the bus. So uh, yeah. yeah, so so you have you have that as 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 parents sometimes yeah. your personality clashes with mm-hmm. a personality of one or more of your children and sometimes you can kind of get into those uh winner take all battle royale uh moments and and definitely those moments can kill uh or have the potential to kill kind of the warmth in your home mm-hmm. i think there's ways and we'll kind of get to this that we can kind of redeem some of those moments Right. But uh, yeah, definitely can can kill the warmth in your home. It's really true. It's not surprising that some of your children will have the same personality as you or your spouse because they're living with you and they're they're part of you. Right. So having uh, knowing who is a trigger for you and who is not a trigger for you. And as the adult in the situation, right, we have to kind of see whether this is the hill we want to die on or or if this is something we can just let go yeah. um, to preserve the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think it's, I always think it's nice when, you know, when our kids are younger and we look at them and they're like, Oh, they're just like me or they're just like dad. <laughs> right. And it's cute. But then as they get yeah, older and too. take on some of our personality, right. And maybe some of those traits that we're not as um, proud of, right. They're like, Ooh, like they're just like me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And it's, it's and it's so almost, it's not so cute anymore. And we're looking in the mirror, right? So yeah, so definitely those moments of clashing with our kids can yeah. definitely kill uh, the warmth in our home. Well, and I think today uh, we discussed uh, after we got all the kids on the bus and off to school, we had a quick discussion. And I, I think what we wanted to do is reflect on what actually happened yeah. Um, and then some of the things that we maybe did that really brought some iciness <laughs> into the moment, yeah. you know, like the tone of voice that we chose to use, the um, the fact that we did engage in the power struggle instead yeah. of walking away and, and um, maybe even the choice of words that we used instead of, um, you know, it's easy to... Sometimes choice of words is actually the instigator in a fight because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you use the words like, well, you are doing this, um, it puts the kids on defensive right away, right? And as soon as they're on defensive, then you've lost the warmth because now it's, it's, it is a fight. It's winner takes all. And I think a lot of kids feel like 
I'm not losing this. And they'll fight to the death. And so I feel like as parents, it's our, we're old enough and wise enough, hopefully, to sort of self-reflect in, in the moment and choose different words. Like maybe, well, I'm feeling this in the moment. How are you feeling about this? Um, and so um, I think, yeah, I think today we had a few of those things. And I think, too, sometimes it's time of day and, and the actual, like, the moments that we're engaged in that can really throw us off. Like if you're all tired getting up and in the morning, (laughs) there's nothing like everyone being tired and slightly grumpy to just like kill any kind of warm, nurturing, um, growth environments, you know? So I think, I think as we reflected today, there was, there was definitely, um, a lot of those things that we're contributing to. I think you touched on something really important there is adding value to the child's feelings and their thoughts. Um, when you want to draw the ultimatum, you want to put that line in the sand where you kind of stop and say, okay, I'm going to understand my child's feelings right now. I'm going to understand where they're coming from rather than just put the hammer down and say, nope, I'm doing this because I said so. It's not easy to do that. It's easy to say it now, but it's not easy to do. Well, it's, it's easy to do with, you know, frankly, if we have a compliant child. And some of our children are like that, yes. where they'll just kind of go along with mm-hmm. whatever mom and dad says, you know, willingly. On the outside, maybe <laughs> on the inside, there's this maybe this growing resentment. And maybe we don't notice that the relationship has become distant and has become cold, mm-hmm. right? So we even have to watch not those, not only those children, you know, our children who are more combative in nature, but also those children who are more um, willing, compliant. right? Compliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so you talked about the words that you choose. You talked about the tone of voice. Um, that can be those triggers that will kill some of the warmth, um, I know also uh, the idea and the thought of uh, like our body language, right? Like how we um, stand, whether our arms are crossed, like just different things that can um, really communicate um, whether we're going to engage or whether we're fighting and, and, and all that, right? And I want to just add with tone of voice um, because it was such a revelation to me when my kids were a bit younger. Uh, so two Two out of the three of our kids have auditory processing disorders, um, which means that they can hear just fine, but the words that they hear uh, get broken down. Everything that goes into your brain gets broken down and then reassembled by your brain. And so it's the brain that is sometimes scrambling it up and making it not come back properly to their, to their, their um, ears. And so... Um, one of the things that comes with that is the is the tone that you say things in um, and the volume that you pitch it in. So two of our kids, um, and also one of them has a sensory processing disorder, which which just plays into that too. They will be like, you're yelling at me. I can't stand this when you're just talking like this to them. You know, like you've got your voice at a nice calm level and they're just like, yeah, well, I can't listen anymore. You're yelling. And so it's really been reflective for us to just say, okay, you hear me as yelling. I know I'm not yelling. Mm. I have to choose to even lower my voice further 
so that I can have this conversation with you, even though sometimes as a parent, I just want to say, I'm not yelling. <laughs> now I'm yelling. <laughs> you want me to yell? I'm going to yell, you know, but just to like, okay, no, this relationship is more important than the actual fact of what's happening. And then also just putting ourselves in their shoes and saying, oh, ah, the volume that I'm speaking at, they actually do hear as a louder volume. So I'm going to have to need to adjust myself so that we can yeah. keep going, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing that that's coming to my mind as we're talking about this is is um, is ownership, right? And and as parents, we kind of own the warmth tone in our home, right? Like sometimes I think it's easy as parents to kind of uh, acquiesce that to our kids, right? And say, well, if only our kids would do, or if only the alarm went off, or if only this or that. And we kind of give up the ownership for the tone of our home. But I, I think what we're saying is a lot of that falls back on us as parents, mm-hmm. right? To kind of to understand that we own the tone in our home and how we choose to respond and engage with our kids will really kind of set that up, right? And um, talk a little bit about another thing I, I'm thinking of as well uh, when it comes to things that kill the warmth in our home. Um, and and I, I definitely see it in our home uh, is this idea of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know technology has a way to bring us together. Um, but maybe just talk about how technology can kill uh, the warmth in our home. Yeah, I think when, you know, one of the, the thoughts at our house is uh, no tech at the at the dinner table, right? Because we want to we want to engage in uh, in conversation, right? Or um, I think of how often you know I'll be working at night or, or texting somebody at night, and then a kid will come in, right? And uh, and what signal am I sending them when all of a sudden I don't look away from my screen and look at them in the eyes, right? Like we actually, you know, that that's part of the development of a child, right? Like yeah. eye eye engagement, making them feel more important. It's yeah. all those unspoken messages that we're really not believing or telling our kid, but when we don't look at them because we're looking at our phone, we're saying, well, if they're hearing, the phone's more important than, uh, than them, right? Yeah. Not true. I don't believe that at all. But somehow, mm-hmm. you know, when all of a sudden the kids say that back to you, yeah. it's like, wait, I never told you that. I never really believed that. And they're like, well, dad, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, here's just one of the ways that yeah. That it it uh, it does hinder the warmth, right? Because yeah. it's it's again speaking to who they are, the value, yeah. what they do, they feel loved. And I think you can go even one step further than that. Even in our recreational time, uh, I've noticed uh, the I resisted the smartphone technology for a really long time because I just I hate being available. <laughs> Don't like spontaneous people calling me. <laughs> Use Jen's cell phone number. She'll never text you back. <laughs> I'm like, no. Anyways, when I got one, though, I was shocked at how um, when I self-reflected on how often I was tempted to pull it out of my purse and look at it to see some update on Instagram or to check Facebook or to just see if I got a new email or whatever. How many times during recreational time with my kids I was doing that? So say we took them to the park in the summer, I'm gonna sit on the bench and scroll through my phone feeling like I'm engaged with my kid, but really the environment that I'm setting for them is you do your thing, I do my thing, Mm -hmm. and then at some point I'll pay attention to you. Instead of, I have the opportunity even in those moments to put the tech away for a bit, you know, and say, hey, for this 
next 15 minutes, I'm all yours. You know, I'm engaged with you and we're going to create sort of a, a relationship moment here, you know, where you can feel the warmth coming from me that I care even about your sliding down the slide, you know, and, and that can really help. Yeah. I think, yeah, like it's, uh, you see parents and, and, and we've, we've done it as well where we're in the moment with them, but like you said, Jen, like we're not actually present with them. Like we'll have our phones taking pictures of them. Right. right? And so that like social media kind of feeds itself. So maybe we're not on social media and scrolling through it, but maybe we're taking pictures of a moment that our kids are engaging in, right? Thinking, oh, I'm part of this moment when we're really not. We're just kind of on the sidelines taking pictures of it or videoing it for social media or to send it to someone or to kind of capture the moment. Mm -hmm. And you see parents doing that so often where it's like, okay, like actually be in the moment. You don't have to take a picture of it. You can actually live this moment. For sure. And as your kids get older and then they have their own smartphones and other screen devices, you've been modeling it out all this time as to the importance of it. And so when they get it and they're on it 24-7, it... It can't be a shock, right? So we have to kind of make sure that we have um, it has the value that it deserves, and it's not the most important thing because they see that and they can't wait to get their hands on one. And they all the kids at school have one, and they want one. And then you're sitting around in the living room, and everyone's on their phone, and you're not communicating at all because everyone's just doing their own thing. Yeah, it's not good. Well, and I think we can do a. a, a tech podcast as well, right? Like, yeah. right? Because they, they don't know the difference between when we're working or yeah. when we're when we're socializing. They just see it all as tech. Exactly. Right? So, and th- I there's think, a future one for you. Right? Yeah, and Te- I don't think we want tech. anyone to feel guilty yeah. either, because there's enough parent guilt going around out there, right? It's yeah. just taking opportunities whenever you can to reflect on the mm-hmm. intentionality of your parent, mm-hmm. your parent to child moments. You know that you can build warmth into the kid relationships that you have. Um, almost any time. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. have to be aware of what you're presenting, I think, as a parent. Right. And, and I think, too, like just owning that, right? Like understanding that, okay, well, it's not the phone, it's not social media. Like we actually can, uh, you know, kind of govern ourselves, right? So that's, mm-hmm. so, we, so we've talked about things that can kill the warmth in our family. Let's kind of turn around and see some, do some things that we can actively do to increase the warmth in our home. What are some things that you guys have found, have seen that increase the warmth in, in, in a home? Yeah, I think, you know, probably the first thing is intentionality, mm. right? To actually just be aware, right? That um, we, wanna, we wanna improve. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe that every parent wants to be a better parent and that we believe our kids uh, can be, you know, we want the best for our kids, yeah. right? So one of those things is a, is a warm, home they, yeah. they want to feel loved they want to feel valued yeah. and um and it's just understanding that intentionality behind that yeah right yeah and i think when you say intentionality i think even recognizing and noticing those areas that kill the warmth in our home so maybe 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 it is technology maybe it is constantly our tone of voice like what are those things that we're doing that our kids are reacting to that's maybe lowering the warmth in our home right just being intentional about some of that yeah, i think one of the things for us is um at least i'm big on like questions yeah. Right, just engaging questions with our kids. Yeah. Um, actually, it was it was interesting. To, you know, tech today on Facebook. Uh, one of the memories was a a question that you know six years ago we've been asking as a family. It kind of reminded me of of yeah. this question. 
was just a simple question, what did you do for someone else today, mm. right? And, and just ask that question on a regular basis in our, in our home. Again, you're teaching them yeah. you know, to care for one another. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, right, when the kids come to, to mom and say, hey, what can I do for you today, mom, yeah. right? Rather than, you know, what can we do for our kids? Well, I don't, I'm like, that was increasing the warmth of our, <laughs> the yeah. warmth of our home, right? So it doesn't matter what question, but I'm like, oh, yeah. questions around our kids show, yeah. show engagement and, uh, and understanding, so... Yeah, like along with the what words we choose, right? So whether it's a question, uh, another thing I know that's that's helpful for us and has been helpful for uh, like some of our youth leaders is just three words, tell me more, right? So if they're saying something, hey, tell me more. And that kind of communicates like, I want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Giving them a chance to speak and be heard is a very important thing because yeah. a lot of times, you know, people don't want to sit and listen to kids ramble on about their stories and things like that. But it's so important to them when they're telling you something that it happened to them that day or something mm. they've been thinking about, questions they might have. It's so important to have that time and give it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one of the things, oh, I just had two things that I wanted to mention, but one of the things that um, I've been working really hard on, um, and Andrew has been joining me on this, is... Uh, is literally the environment in the home. So I believe that uh, corporations and other really successful businesses think long and hard about their physical environments um, or their um, their website presences. They have marketing gurus who are constantly assessing how people respond to the environments they create or to the resourcing that they, they send out. Um, and so we would be foolish as parents not to to know that our children are actually responding to the physical environment that we're creating. So if we have a home um, that has memorable things in it or that has cues posted around it or that has um, even, I was thinking, if you use all five senses and you just ask yourself as a parent, what senses am I engaging today with my kids? So Olivia one time said to me, Mom, I love coming home. Um, when you beat me home from school and you have something smelling good in our house, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I want to share you all the things that happen in my day. So it's like something as simple as even having the smell of like she loved like chocolate chip cookies, you know, like it just sets up the opportunity for conversation because the kids can um, enjoy sort of the, the environment that we're creating. And I think that because we're talking about faith and, and, and Jesus, I think that even it, it makes a difference. Um, the, for me anyways, uh, what you're doing in your home on a regular basis. So I don't mean this to be like some sort of religious routine that you do. I mean it as like set up, invite the Holy spirit to be present in your home at all times and ask him regularly to be there. Um, and then, Create an environment that you can respond to him in your home. So maybe if you're angry, you know, you put on some worship music to help you relax and like have that spirit of forgiveness so that you can, you know, really listen to your kids or um, there's other small things that you can do. But I really I do think that like being aware of like literally your home, (laughs) you know, it does foster conversations um, that you can then share this really important loving relationship with your kids. Yeah. yeah, like if you set up spaces in your home to engage and to have conversation, 
conversation will most likely happen in those spaces. Um, and I know as teens get older, as kids get older, um, uh, they like to maybe go to their separate spaces, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, like in our home, we've tried to limit that, right? That we're going to actually spend time here. And yeah, like the way that we set that up, it says, okay, like we've got enough seating. This is where we're going to hang out. This is where we're going to play games. Uh, this is kind of where family happens. Yeah. And one of the like one of the whys behind that that Jen and I have wrestled in in our home is just that saying of of we're going to mm-hmm. fight for the heart. Yeah. Right. Where so often the temptation is to fight for obedience or behavior yeah. or right. We want that our childs to be well behaved. Um, so with this fighting for the heart thing, one of the things that we've done, I don't know how old our, our kids were when we did this, but we, we discovered the five love languages yeah. for kids, right? To actually, if, we're gonna, if, if it's about fighting for the heart and yeah. the relationship, you need to understand what their love language is in terms of, yeah. you know, the, like physical touch, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. quality time, yeah. and then being able to do that with each kid. So again, right. know your kid. Yeah. It's not hard. Um, I yeah. just did a, like with Hudson just the other day. A, would you rather, right? Yeah. Would you rather a back rub or for me to take you out on a date, yeah. kind of thing, right? And and we figured out he likes physical touch, all right? So <laughs> back rubs, it is. Yeah. <laughs> the only caveat is that most kids, I think, under the age of fourteen, will always pick gifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So be prepared. They're for like, that. Yeah. would you rather buy you a new set of Lego or give you a back rub? Lego, you know. Hundred <laughs> percent of the time. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about buying your kids off. (laughs) That's really true, though. Being attuned to our kids, Mm -hmm. right? And I know um, the saying is, like, to study your children. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that they like, what they don't like? And and that's a great resource, the five love love languages uh, is a great resource. It's easy. It's practical to understand. It's easy to communicate with our kids, right? And then it's just a way that we can... Again, connect with them, communicate with them, show love to them. Definitely will increase the warmth in our home. Yeah. And on attunement, um, being attuned, there's a, the, I just want to mention, um, so one of our kids has ADHD. Sometimes it's hard to create warmth uh, with your kids that have special needs. Uh, if you're struggling as a parent um, through the special needs uh, seasons that they go through, um, because they might be um, distracted or unfocused or they might be really in an angry season um, and unable to really connect with you in the way that you would like to connect. Um, and I did some extra reading and then kind of practiced it with some of our kids. Um, and I found it to be quite effective. So rather than um, when, when we were having kids, one of the things they talked about was being attached, attached to your child. So, you know, skin to skin and lots of affection or baby wearing, um, um, feeding on demand, like yeah. all these things to create this feeling of attachment. Um, but now, uh, especially with the special needs, they were talking more about being attuned to your kid, that it was slightly different because it means um, basically sort of putting yourself in your child's shoes, uh, being and anticipating their needs ahead of them. So being so aware of your kids that you're two steps ahead of them yeah. before they even get there. So you see your child coming home slightly hangry, you know that they've emotionally bottled everything up all day so that they could behave well at school. So they want to pull the cap off when they get home and they're going to lose their marbles. Um, What can you do to head that off at the pass to give them a good 
outlet for getting rid of all that angst without having some sort of massive, like, you know, explosion, (laughs) you know, and just learning to anticipate those things way ahead of them by being aware of your child's emotions and, and their responses to life. And again, that means, um, you know, again, it goes back to those things that are killing our, our warmth. And, you know, so like if I'm on my phone all the time, I can't see, I can't hear, I'm not aware. You know, if I'm not asking the tell me more questions, I don't get to know how they usually are going to respond to a certain situation because I'm not aware of what's going on. So it does mean some of these proactive things that we're doing make a big difference. And actually, uh, so in practicing with our ADHD guy, um, being more attuned to him, Um, and realizing that the words even like attention deficit means not getting enough attention. Yeah. I was like, what if we just give him more attention? Right. He's got a deficit, so let's give him more. <laughs> I mean, that seems kind of like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. He responded so positively. Like he was very much more calm, much more peaceful, much more able to emotionally regulate himself and just adjusted really well to that. So I think... Um, adding those things into our, just even like baby steps, you know? So we, we talk a lot about uh, these things that, that we should do, that we shouldn't do about being attuned, about being attached, uh, about uh, just paying attention to our kids and knowing their love languages and how that sort of comes back on us as parents. So thinking of all those things, how does our own personal growth as parents help increase the warmth in our home again if it if it kind of all lands on us um and again huge sort of responsibility but again we're not not shaming not guilting but how how does our own personal growth um increase the warmth in our home i actually have a really good story to illustrate this so (laughs) i like to go to target andrew not so much (laughs) target target and our kids definitely not (laughs) so one day as a uh, back to school shopping moment i somehow convinced all of us to go to target now that we live 20 minutes from the border (laughs) and um before we even walked into the store the other four people in my family were already like we don't want to be here (laughs) So it was no surprise that midway through the store, um, Andrew was looking like, can we leave now? And all three kids were melting down, like melting down in the store. Like, when can we leave? I hate my life. And, you know, (laughs) crawling under the racks, throwing clothes off of them. You know, just all this kind of behavior was starting to erupt. And I remember feeling like this is not fair, not so much um, with Andrew, but with the kids, I was like, you're hijacking my one moment. Like I do so much for you. How can you just like not even give me half an hour in the one store and I'm doing back to school shopping for you. Like this is all for you, you know? And so these, uh, these thought patterns are starting to play through my mind. And I think one of the things that I had been learning, which was really helpful, as I'd gone through some, um, I went through a couple courses on uh, decreasing your anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'd done some regular counseling to learn how to parent yourself 
better um, and that you can take control in different moments is as I started to escalate myself in the store and I remember being like, this is not fair. And, and I feel so um, victimized by my children and, and the situation is just out of hand. And why can't we just have one simple shopping trip? Just one. Just for one time, we could have one shopping trip that wasn't a gong show, you know? (laughs) I just remember um, in the moment being like, wait, pause, put the brakes on. Nobody else has control of me. I have control of me. How I respond to this situation totally changes everything. And I don't actually have to be unhappy. Just because they're crying doesn't mean I have to be unhappy. They're not in charge of my joy, my happiness, my peace, my, like nothing. I'm in charge of me. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, I can still laugh and have a great time. They can still like cry and, you know. And they did. Wine and whatever else to. they choose. <laughs> it's their choice. But I don't actually have to be bothered. So it was kind of like this centering moment of mm-hmm. you can choose you know, and I remember thinking all the way home in the van um, after we left more hurriedly than normal. I wasn't leaving hurriedly because I felt pressured to leave hurriedly. I left because I was able to choose mm-hmm. happily in the moment to meet the family where they were at and not feel like I got railroaded and to know that. Um, how we have interiorly prioritized ourselves really does affect the relationships Mm -hmm. that we're having with the people around us, right? We have talked about that in another podcast about our emotional response and that um, responding with our full-fledged emotion is probably not the best way to handle any situation with our kids. We need to take a step back, just like you said, and just center ourselves and make sure that our response is our response from us, not just how the emotion takes over. So that's that's a great point. Yeah. It helped that we, I mean, for me, that I had done some pre-work. You know, like there's a lot of practice before you're you're perfect. Not that we're ever perfect, but there's practice involved, right? Before you, maybe before you really excel in the crisis, you practice in the small things, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, Just thinking too how, um, how praying for and with our kids can help kind of increase the warmth in our home. Um, maybe just respond to the idea of, of bringing God into not only our lives personally, right, but into into the moments that we have with our kids. Yeah, again, I think it's modeling, right? Like if we are praying, right, um, you know, we, we kind of have a simple prayer that is probably changing now as the kids get a little bit older. Um, but again, like just what, what are you thankful for? Um, what do you need to confess? Um, What's something you need, and then what's something for someone else, right? It's kind of just four simple things that we're asking our kids to to pray for. And again, I think that's adding warmth to our home to be like, hey, um, again, we're thinking of other people. um, We're reflecting on ourselves, And and I think it ties into personal growth, right? Again, to be vulnerable with our kids, to be real, to be like, hey, here's something I need to confess, right? Like when we pray tonight, it'll be, you know, Hudson. My behavior this morning, I need to confess that with you, this, yeah. right? And, uh, and be real, right? Yeah. So um, I just think if we're missing those opportunities, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a simple, it's not hard to pray. Yeah. 
um, talk to God and then invite him in. Um, And again, I I do believe that the Holy Spirit is part of setting the temperature (laughs) of our home, right? So... Well, and you mentioned too about um, uh, the forgiveness piece, right? Mm-hmm. And and how yeah, there's moments that as parents we're we're gonna blow it, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna blow up at our kids. We're not gonna think before we say all those things, right? But we can kind of redeem those moments, and, and because of our faith and because of what Jesus has done for us, we know that redemption is possible. That we can we can go to our kids, we can admit that we are wrong, we can seek forgiveness. Again, not only model, does that model kind of a, an act of faith, but that also increases the temperature in our home that they, they learn, okay, mom and dad aren't perfect. Um, but when they've blown it, they know that, like, I just know that they're going to, uh, they're going to look to make things right. And we're talking about fighting for the heart, that it's not about being right. It's not about being the parent, uh, necessarily. It's about, okay, like at all costs, uh, it's about fighting for the heart of my child. And, and wanting to see uh, the, the faith that, that I embrace and I, I want to see that passed on. And, uh, and so that's, yeah, that's really key. And I think if we want to use warmth as the stepping stone to having kids experience Jesus for themselves, yeah. I think we are constantly uh, in our own relationship with Jesus, reflecting him constantly with our kids. Yeah. So if our always our demeanor, always our our um, ways of engaging with our kids is cool, is cold, is calculated, is routine, is um, neglectful or avoiding or whatever. If the consistency of that comes across, then that's how they do start to see. um, That is how they do start to see who Jesus is, right? I think what we're inviting the kids into with us is this opportunity to engage with Jesus and he is warm. He's always listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he did put himself in our shoes, yeah. literally, mm-hmm. to yeah. understand us. Like all the things we're asking of ourselves as parents is things he's already done yeah. for that, us. Yeah, and that's the starting point of our parenting. Absolutely. Right? Is that we have a heavenly father who's parented us and is parenting us. And like you say, who's always there for us, uh, who's the ultimate in, in warmth uh, for us. And we're just inviting our kids in to experience that as we're experiencing that. Just to finish things off, are there any any resources uh, that you think uh, that you found helpful uh, in this area of increasing the warmth in our home, of fighting for the heart of our child, of creating an environment of unconditional love in the home? Things that you found to be to be helpful. Uh, so one of the things I've been practicing using is an app that you can get. It's free. Um, uh, we use Samsung. So Google is the Google play store is what we use, but I think it's on iTunes too. Um, it's called the happy child app. It just kind of goes back to that emotional awareness piece. Uh, it's hard to be attuned to your kid. It's hard to create warmth if you have no idea, if you don't even have the language for emotions. Some of us just really have like three or four um, emotion languages that we speak. We're like, where I'm sad, happy, angry, mad, <laughs> you know, super mad. Worried. Uh, yeah. Worried. Um, and so I think... This app, it's just like little teeny steps, and it just takes you through some questions as a parent. And at the end of each que- each little question section, it sort of is like a mini quiz to see mm-hmm. how you how well do you know this little bit about 
about parenting, yeah. um, about what's actually happening with your kids. So one time it was talking about happiness. How do you increase the happiness in your child? And it had five questions. And I, I was like, I'm going to rock this. And I got them all wrong. <laughs> I know. It's like, this is great, though, because um, and then at the end, it just it, it gave you such practical little yeah. tidbits for how do I, you know, meet my child with this practical emotional uh, tool. And again, I, I really think these are important because, uh, uh, again, in faith, Jesus has emotion. We relate to him with our emotion, so we relate to others with emotion. So this Happy Child app is a really great way to help us as parents yeah. do that better. Yeah, and just increase your own emotional intelligence, yes. right, and how to respond and understand. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. And then there's another one. Um, I love the orange, again, in conjunction with the Fuller Institute. Um, there is a parent cue um, you can either have the app on your phone or I like to just follow parent cue on Instagram because every day they just ask you a really insightful question about where you're at parenting wise or where your kid might be at. So it's just, it's easy to, to just check in quick and then keep going through the day. Mm -hmm. It's just a mini quick check in, just something to think about and carry through your day. Yeah. Well, even though I'm chatty, I still actually have a really hard time coming up with engaging questions for my kids. <laughs> Other than just, how was your day? Yeah, that's a standard one. Right? <laughs> and they're like, not again. The app is, the app is really cool because it, um, it actually lets you know how many days you have left, yeah. how many weeks, yeah. um, how many weeks you have left in each phase. And uh, is actually really cool about just a constant reminder yeah. of um, where your child is at yeah. and how much how fast time is actually going which it goes way faster than you can even imagine <laughs> yeah and and to see each phase and each week as important that mm, there's something absolutely. this week that i can pass on to my child that i yeah. can experience with my child and and i think about life and about parenting is that each day and each week seems kind of the same right. and we can kind of get lost in the normalness and the everydayness of it Right, but then to understand, okay, I can redeem this day, I can redeem this time, and and I don't want to miss it, right? Because this phase, this week is important uh, for sure. So, um, so we're going to link, we're going to put links uh, in the the show notes uh, for this episode, referencing uh, the fuller article that we talked about off the top, the um, Happy Child app, the Parent Q app, uh, so the five love languages as well, Um, but. Genevieve and Andrew, thank you so much for being with us today, uh, sharing a little bit of your uh, parenting journey and wisdom uh, with all of us. So appreciated. Thank you so much. This has been another Parent Hub Live family podcast. Thank you for joining us around the table today. You can access more of our podcasts and show notes wherever you access your favorite podcasts or through the Bethany CC app. See you next week, everyone.